This episode of the podcast features discussions around health and COVID-19. While we encourage you to listen to Lee's conversation, we understand that this can be a sensitive topic and would like to warn our audience of this episode's content first. Welcome to the BDC podcast, a podcast in which staff at Barking and Dagenham College share insightful and entertaining conversations with the digital learning team. We hope to enrich the community at the college by making connections in each fortnightly episode. I'm Nathan, I'm a digital learning apprentice. And I'm Andy, Head of Digital Learning. And today we're joined by Lee Evans, Learning Resource Officer. How are you doing, Lee? Yeah, I'm very well, thank you. So how long have you been at the college? It'll be four years this April. As you've, you've done a number of roles as well, haven't you, since have been indeed. in the college? Yeah. I've, I've been here, obviously, at that time. Uh, when I first came here, I worked in the refectory. What were you doing in the refectory? Oh, no, I remember you in the yeah, refectory. So I was serving food to the students and the staff. How long did you do that for? Just a year, just yeah. one term. Yeah. I remember it. I do remember you doing that. That was the first time I met you. Yeah, doing the in the canteen. Do you miss it? No. <laughs> <laughs> so, what's been your favourite experience at the college? Um, the role I'm in now, definitely. So, on this podcast, we ask our guests to prepare a topic that they'd like to talk about. So, Lee, what would you like to talk about today? Surviving COVID nineteen. So, for those who might not know, what was your experience with COVID? So um, in September 2021, I caught COVID. For the first 10 days, I've, it just felt like I had the flu. It didn't feel too bad, to be honest. I just, yeah, you normally feel a bit bunged up, you know, like sweating, hot and cold sweats in bed. And then on day 10, I felt like I couldn't breathe. And it started to worry me. So I, I called an ambulance. And they admitted me into hospital because my oxygen, they test your oxygen and they were quite low. So they admitted me into hospital. And I think I was, they just put me on oxygen and I was there for about a week on this ward, just receiving oxygen. And then my oxygen level started to decrease even more. So they put this thing called a CPAP machine over your head. It's like a mask. It fits all over your head and they blast air into it and it's like having your head out of a car window going down the motorway. They say the force of the air and that created anxiety because I didn't like that and I kept trying to take it off. But obviously they didn't want me to take it off so they sedated me, put me on lots of drugs and I, I was hallucinating, I was going delirious but my oxygen levels still kept decreasing. And then they made a decision to take me into ICU and they put me on a ventilator for, and I was on there for three weeks. I mean, the air forced into my lungs. Was you, so, was you aware that, you know, the point where you said that no, you had so the... I was in a drug-induced coma. Yeah, and before that, you know, when you mentioned that when you were trying to take the... the... No. My, the last thing I remember was them putting this CPAP machine on my head. That's the last thing I remember. And then the next thing I remember is waking up in ICU. How how much longer later was that? Three weeks. So you lost three weeks of your life that yeah. you have and you don't have any memories? No, and the only, obviously my wife, she came to visit me. So she told me all the stories, what happened while I was on the ventilator. Um, so while I was on the ventilator, I had a suspected heart attack. So they do what they call a echo uh, cardiogram where they check your heart rate and that, and they suspected I was having a heart attack. 
and they also said my brain weren't functioning properly. They got I was hooked up to all these machines and they got all these different readings and they were giving my wife daily updates. So her anxiety was through the roof. Yeah, of course. She's being told all this stuff. Um, my family were preparing for the worst. They really thought I weren't going to make it. Yeah, we so at the college at that time, obviously we were aware that you 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 were in that coma. Yeah, and it was I think there was daily updates. It was probably from from your wife to some of the staff here at the college. So I know that people at the college were very much aware. Yeah. Of what was happening. Yeah, it wasn't sounding good. I mean, no. I, I was hearing about this at the time and it, from my perspective, it was like, oh, no, 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 this is this yeah. is not good, right? This is bad. But you that whole time, totally unaware. Totally unaware. All the, I, was having, I was having dreams and I could remember a lot of them. They're quite vivid. And um, I'm being treated for uh, post-traumatic stress disorder because of the dreams and my experience. But... Uh, and when I came round, when I woke up, I didn't know what was real and what what was real and what weren't real. It was, uh, yeah. What's your What's your first memory when you when you came back around? I I was awake, I was consciously aware, but I was still a bit delirious. I was on a lot of drugs, mm. and um, you know, I thought I was on a movie set, and all the nurses were actors, and nothing was real. It was like a, like a prank or something. Yeah. Did you did you voice that at the time? Um, I did, yeah. <laughs> and I was very aggressive. Really? Yeah, and I was quite. They had to, yeah. Some of the things I was told. So, later, you, so you don't remember this as such? It's no, more like people really, are telling you that uh, bits I remember. I remember having these mittens on my hands. I mean, what, what are these on my hands for? Because I was attacking nurses, and not because I was angry. It's because I was on so many drugs. And yeah, I was, yeah, yeah. Uh, delusional. Yeah. Do you know what? Like, you know, I think what I've learned from this is, well, we, you can't underestimate this virus. You know, like my wife, she had just a sore throat, you know, and she, uh, she's just as healthy as I was, you know. She liked me for saying this, but I probably, I was healthier than her, fitter, you know what I mean? Done a lot of cycling, walking, you know, physically active. Yeah, I was hospitalised and I went for a really bad time where she just got a sore throat it's completely unpredictable how it's going to affect different people exactly you can't take any chances with it just for the purpose of the podcast as well how old are you lee if you don't mind us asking i'm 46 46 so you're not you're not old you know like mm. young healthy um i suppose this is an obvious question um and it's one i i think about a lot is did you before this was you thinking it'll never happen to me yeah i mean my reason for not being vaccinated was I was young, healthy, you know, I didn't know a single person that caught this virus. You know, when, when the flu and cold is about, you see it everywhere. You see it at work, at home, on the buses, on the trains. But this COVID, I didn't see, I didn't know a single person that caught it. And um, I was hearing bad things about the vaccine, so I kind of held back. I'm not an anti-vaxxer. But I just thought I'd hold back. And obviously, like, that's, you know, bad judgment considering what happened to me. Like, I guess, yeah, you didn't have the vaccine at the time. Yeah. Had your wife had the vaccine? No. So neither of you had had it. No. But like, like you say, you, you managed to, well, no, yeah. your wife, sorry, managed to uh, to get away quite lightly, but then you that's right. you suffered the, the consequence of it. Are, are you vaccinated now? I've, got, I've had two vaccines and I'm yet to have my third. 
Right. Okay. And I guess, you know, this, the, the podcast really, we're here to talk about people's experiences and that is good and, and bad. And this clearly is, is a bad experience, right? And it sounds like you're, you're not out of the woods yet either. You've still got so lasting I'm suffering effects. from, you know, we call it long COVID, but it's a post, um, post, post viral chronic fatigue syndrome, but we call it long COVID. So long COVID is like a nickname for it. I'm going to keep jumping backwards and forwards. Is that all right? That's fine. No, you... Yeah. Um, while, while I was on the ventilator, my lung collapsed as well. And they have to put a drain in to get it back up again, which was successful. Once I uh, went back onto the ward after I come off the ventilator, my lung collapsed again. I remember that. I was laying in bed and I was just trying to get comfortable moving about. And then all of a sudden it felt like my back went... You know, when your back goes, you feel like you've like nerve damage or you've slipped a disc or I'd like extreme pain in my back and I pressed the button for the nurse I said oh, I'm in really a lot of pain here they give me pain relief and they sent for an x-ray machine they come to your bed they take an x-ray and the next day they said your lung had collapsed so they had to put me on another drain but this time the drain weren't working you're only meant to be on it for about two, three days. A week later, still nothing. And they, they decided they had to operate on my lung, which then I got shipped to another hospital in London to have the operation. And I'm still recovering now. So I come out of hospital in November 2021. We're now in March 2022. And I'm probably only like 50%. So one of the things as well we might might be worth mentioning is that um, obviously the podcast that we're recording today, Lee, you mentioned obviously at the beginning that you might need to take little breaks, take yeah, stops. And one yeah. of those reasons is because this is one of the effects of COVID. Do you, do you want to explain about that? Yeah. So with um, long COVID, one of my symptoms is brain fog, uh, where my brain just, I get confused and, and it can be a bit irritating. Have you had that? In, in, you know, you're back at work now. Have you had that happen? I know we, we're experiencing I it today while we're doing the podcast. So I was talking to a student about his coursework and then just all of a sudden I didn't I, I didn't know what we were talking about. And I had to ask him, I said, what are we talking about? And he, like, he thought it was funny. Did, are they, he's aware, he right? He must have thought of, I was mental or something. Is he aware, though, that you've got long COVID, is it? No. Oh, right, okay. Um, but then I explained it and sort of reassured him I weren't mental <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah that is one of them yeah so how are you how are you adjusting back now because you've I, I can't you know I can't imagine what that would be like for you but also I mean your family have clearly suffered yeah. possibly more than you in some ways I guess because oh, they, they've gone yeah. through this right you're unaware you're out of it yeah um, how, how are you adjusting uh, you and your family after this now I have good and bad days um, yeah it's it, if I try to overdo it, I can get out of breath very quickly. Uh, my lung is, or my lungs are still repairing. They're very scarred from COVID. Um, I can't be specific about that. It's just what the doctors told me. What they actually mean by scarring on the lung, I don't know, but or how it happens. But um, I think like recovery could take up to a year. And there's long COVID clinics popping up everywhere now and I've just been uh, referred to one of those so so Lee I mentioned earlier the question or I asked you the question about 
did you did you ever think oh is it ever going to happen to me and i ask that because in my own self i mean i've i've had i've had covid myself i'm not comparing it at all because i'd had my vaccines Mm. and i had what you could compare to a cold um i lost my smell my taste and my smell hasn't totally come back you know and that's that's one of the the price we pay i guess of covid but i i definitely thought you know i'm not going to get it for one and i also thought that if i did get it uh, you know i'm i'm young enough and i'm fine and clearly that isn't the case and, and that me thinking that is just is probably what a lot of us think right um what would you say to people out there today that maybe think like that and maybe aren't taking it too seriously you don't underestimate this virus you know if you've had the vaccines fantastic if you haven't you, i mean yeah you can get a sore throat you might not even get any symptoms at all but you could also get it really bad or even worse you could die and, you know, you're only going to find that out when you actually catch it, you know. Um, that we There's so much about this virus we don't understand. And, uh, you know, people found out about me that weren't didn't have their vaccines. They ran out and got their vaccines straight away. And, you know, and then my message to anyone who hasn't been vaccinated is get vaccinated, get jabbed. It'll save your life. Yeah, I think that's, that's powerful stuff, right? And I, and you said that there about when when you when people heard about you having it. Yeah. That that you know, I, I definitely I remember when I heard it and heard that you were then in uh, in an induced coma. Is that yes. Right? Yeah. Is when I heard that, obviously, then the, you see the, the the actual the true nature of it, and you think, oh my god, this is someone I know. Right? Mm. I don't, you know, I don't know you very well, but I've I've known you for years in terms of talking to you and seeing you in the corridor, chatting to you in the in the workshops. Like- the reality is, right? That's you know, you said yourself, you didn't know anyone that had it. Yeah, that's you are right. that for a lot of us. Yeah, I was on the ventilator for three weeks. When I first went on the ventilator, I was twelve stone. When I come off the ventilator, I was eight stone. I'd lost so much weight. Obviously, you can tell by my sound of my voice. I had tubes down my throat. It's uh, damaged my vocal cords. So I've uh, to be, I've got I've well, I've got to have speech therapy. I'm still waiting to have that, but it might not come back. So I might, I won't be able to sing anymore. <laughs> <laughs> how does that how does that feel like in terms because you, you you notice it right yeah so you notice these things about yourself because I, I i mentioned about the loss of smell yeah i noticed that and i never had that you I didn't could have the smell loss of smell? And, when i was in hospital i could smell and taste everything really that never went but but now though these other aspects that you're you're sort of suffering from yeah how does that feel now for you are you sort of thinking right i'm gonna get this is it's gonna Go back to normal, or are you, are you worried this not? Um, I have noticed a slight improvement. It, when I was in hospital, it I struggled with it because it, my voice was a lot worse than what it is now. And I was trying to talk to a nurse, and she was saying, "I don't understand what you're saying." Now, and I, I was that was making me feel anxious because if I, you know, I, my anxiety went through the roof because if I needed something, needed help, they couldn't hear what I was saying because my voice was quite bad then. I've developed carpal tunnel syndrome as well, which is uh, nerve damage in the wrists. And uh, when I was um, a doctor, I had so so many cannulas in my arms where they were feeding me drugs. They can only leave them in for a few days because of infection, so I have to change them, go in another vein. All my veins collapsed. So in the end, they couldn't find a vein and they would prodding me with these needles and one day they hit a nerve 
and the pain shot through my arm into my hand, into my fingers. And there's been some nerve damage from that. So now I can't even clench a fist. I'm, it, part of my phase return at work is very light duties and it's because of my hands as well. My mood ain't too bad at the minute. When I was in hospital, I've been in hospital for two months. I hadn't seen my my son. I was doing video calls, but it's not the same. So I was missing home. I was missing my son. You know, my wife, because I was on a COVID wall, she'd been full PPE. So I couldn't even really see her properly, to see her eyes. And I just wanted to get home, you know. And uh, a couple of times I was going to try and discharge myself. But the, the doctors and nurses wouldn't wouldn't have it. I said no. But I think I was just yeah. It was just I was so emotional. And I remember the day they said I could go home. I just fell to my knees and I burst into tears. Really, thank you for sharing this, Lee. I think it's so so important to have this open and honest and often difficult discussion when it comes to COVID and the impacts that it's had. And I think there's a really great message that we'll talk more about in the second half. For now, though, would you like to go to the lunch break? Yes. This is the lunch break segment of the podcast now, where we ask our guests what their favourite food is. So, Lee, what's your favourite food? Mine's got to be the Sunday roast dinner. Very nice. That was your That was mine, yeah. That was my choice, Sunday roast dinner. What's on your roast dinner? Yorkshire puddings, you know, three bits of veg. I, I like all meats. Don't mind pork, chicken, beef or lamb. I like the crackling. Yeah, I love it all. All the condiments. Yeah. Do, do you cook? Because you worked in the canteen yeah, here. I do, so yeah. you do. Do you cook your roast dinner? I do, yeah. You, do, yeah. you must have not had roast dinner for the whole time that you were in hospital, That's right? That's right, yeah. No roast dinner. No. So, we, yeah, we talked about this. The lunch break is about your favourite food, and you mentioned it's a roast dinner. You didn't have a roast dinner in hospital. No. Now, as we're talking about COVID and your experience in, mm. in the hospital, what was hospital food like? Awful. Really? Yeah. I had zero appetite as well. I think that was like. I'd lost so much weight, I was so weak. Um, I just had a, I'd, yeah, I had zero appetite. And they're giving me this food, it was just, yeah, it's not very nice. Very, you know, it's quite challenging to eat, to be honest. So uh, one day I'm laying in bed and uh, struggling to eat me peas. And uh, this guy next to me in the bed next to me, he's eating salad, he's got salad, rice, jerk, chicken. And I thought, bloody hell, like, where's that? I didn't see that on the menu. I actually asked the nurse, I said, what's going on here? Like, is he, I don't know, like, there's a special, or there's a different menu for people with different cultures. So I said, am I allowed to have something? She went, yeah. But I called it the secret menu because, like, we weren't told about it, right? That there's other options. And how was the secret menu? It looked pretty good. Did you have it, though? I, I had a look, and it, it was all nice, and I thought, well, I'll have some of that. So I asked for the jerk chicken, but it was too hot. I couldn't eat it. <laughs> and then did you complain? <laughs> no. <laughs> and then the next day, back to, yeah, back, back to yeah. the normal menu, right? Well, so it's not a great secret menu then? No. So what about snacks and desserts? Um, I, I've got... I'd, I reckon I'm probably addicted to chocolate and ice cream. What's your favourite chocolate? Um, I like all chocolate except dark chocolate. That's fair. And how, how is the chocolate doing on the road to weight gain again? Is that helping? Yeah. So the good thing about being eight stone, I could eat a load of rubbish again to, you know, to add the calories, get my weight back up. 
but um I should have stopped ages ago. But where are you now? <laughs> if you don't mind us asking, this is purely for the, so I've got the health my weight side. Back to where it was, but yep. I'm still eating. You know, a lot of well, chocolate. Well, that's the risk, isn't it? You've yeah. got into the habit of, of overdoing it. Yeah. But so you wait now back to normal. You're you're yeah. good in that sense. That's good. That's great. I, I was a vegan before I um, got ill, and then obviously they had to put they put me on a high protein diet in hospital because it was going to help with my recovery. So I had to go back to eating meat. Which I didn't mind because it was just you know I had to get better and I and I've kind of and I'm still eating meat now so but I was like this is an interesting theory like when I was in ICU on the ventilator I was putting like a, a lottery a raffle they put everyone's name into like a machine so don't randomly pick someone this machine picks a person to go onto a high protein diet. And they, you're fed for a tube, and I, my name come up, and they obviously because I couldn't consent, they had to ask my wife to sign some paperwork, and she okayed it, and they put me on a very very high protein diet, and you know it, that could have contributed to me, you know, surviving COVID, coming off the ventilator, and the theory, my point is, is I had a very low protein diet before I got ill. And I wonder if that contributed to me being really ill. If that makes that's sense. That's interesting. Yeah. Okay, that's the lunch break over. Okay, thanks for that, Lee. Um, so we're, we're, I know we've been asking lots of questions, and we're going to continue asking questions. If you're all right with that, because yeah, we, we are aware, like absolutely. you've got long COVID energy levels. You said you said yourself at the beginning <clears> that <throat> can be difficult. If any time you want us to have a break, we will do that. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to say really, Lee, uh, genuinely, when, when it all happened back, I can't even remember how long ago it was now, and obviously was hearing about you, you being in hospital, and, and as I said already, it wasn't looking good. I, I, I just want to say at this point, I am grateful to see you here today, and I'm even more excited, the fact that you you want to do the podcast, you know, you. which is amazing to do that. It's, it's quite a, a scary thing to do the podcast, but equally, to talk about this stuff is... Yeah. Well, it it can be right. It's not a nice experience for you, and I think others will definitely get a lot from this. Uh, but I just want to say I'm really happy to see you back Thank at you. the college. Cheers. Um, how how much are you back at the college now? What's the? Um, at the minute, I'm just doing two days a week for two hours, so I'm just being eased in gently. Um, I'll get. I mean, I'm sleeping for like 15 hours a day at the minute, where I'm just suffering from fatigue. Um, so yeah. It does. It, even though I'm really not doing much, it's still exhausting. Yeah. So what's what's the transition back to work been like? It's been great. It's been a pleasure seeing everyone again, and you know, being approached by everyone asking how how I am, and yeah, it's yeah. nice, very nice. Yeah, I, bu- I bumped into you. I think two weeks ago, yeah. maybe, maybe even longer, when we when we first saw you again. For I hadn't seen you for ages. Walked past you in the corridor. Is that been the same for because I reacted the same way? Like I saw you, yeah. didn't really care who else was there. It was like Lee, there I you mean, are. Is that, has everyone been doing that? Everyone, every corner of the college. Like I came back on the twenty fifth of January. We're in March now, second of March, and people are still coming up to me. But I, I've had some beautiful messages from people. Like obviously, there's people of faith in the college. They've been praying for me. I've heard that a lot, and people praying for me that don't even know me. Yeah, I mean that is. Uh, you know, that's amazing and uh, that, that's fantastic yeah I think that must feel quite special right and it is, it is and that's part of that's why we do this is yeah. we know there's a community in the college we want people to to connect 
and, and that's exactly why we do this. So that is nice to hear that mm. people have been doing that. And you said it yourself when we walked down here earlier. You said you're kind of a bit famous now in the college, right? <laughs> you're an unknown entity maybe yeah. before. Now it's we all know who you are, right? Yeah. Credit to you for that. So you mentioned in our chat in the office before the podcast that your story has influenced people who may not be completely convinced on getting the vaccine to go out and get it. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. And that is, that's powerful as well. And do you know what? I feel like I've had a second chance of life in life. Yeah, maybe I've been kept here for a reason. You know what I mean? I've had people also come up to me and say, you know, you shouldn't be here. I disagree. I think I should be here and that's why I am here. You know, and I think my job now is to help other people. If I can send, send a message out, share my experience and get people to change their minds and get vaccinated. Yeah, that's what this is about. I think it's incredible that even though you're still suffering from a lot of the effects of COVID, you're still looking out for other people and trying to be a positive influence. Absolutely, yeah. It goes back to what we were saying about community. Just then, people have reached out to you and supported you through yeah. this, and now you're returning the favour, I suppose. Mm. I mean, I saw a mixture of people in that hospital. You know, old, young, healthy, unhealthy you know it, it's the virus like it's just unpredictable it, it, it can just get anyone regardless you know you, you could be like completely fit you know in the gym every day eating healthy you could still end up in a bad way if you haven't had your vaccination how's your how's your family doing after all of this because this like it must take its toll right I and mean, yeah. you mentioned there you sleep 15 hours a day so imagine you're not you know, probably not much use around the house at the moment, are you? Like, no. <laughs> so how's how's family doing? Given... Family are great. You know, they've been through a lot. Not just me, but, yeah. you know, they thought they were going to lose me. Um, yeah, my wife's been fantastic through this. You know, she's been through so much. You know, because she cares. She's a carer for her sister. Her sister's physically disabled. We've got a young child as well. And she's having to come and see me at the hospital getting the phone calls every day from the hospital and some of them calls weren't good um yeah she's a strong woman that's amazing how old's your son you mentioned you've got a son he's nine nine so he's aware of this he knew i was in hospital and he knew I, he he didn't know everything he doesn't understand like right and we wanted to protect him um you know and it's also created a lot of fear i mean i'm absolutely terrified of catching it again because you just don't know now, why did I get so ill? Am I allergic to it? You know, it's just we. No one knows anything. You know, my stepdaughter's at home. They come home from work, and I'm wash your hands. You've been on the public transport, and that's not fair. I don't know. I think that's quite fair. You know, I think sitting where you're fair sitting, me, I think, but not I think, fair for them, I think it's fair for you, yeah. and it's certainly making me think. You know, like I'm thinking, right? I'm probably, you know, I might not be doing enough myself. You know. Um, and I think that's why this is important. It's it's a reminder of the because that's the other thing, right? Where we sit right now, COVID seems to be, you know, we're not talking about it as much. It is mm. disappearing, but that you're gonna have this long term effect for for a while, it sounds yeah. like. And it is still important for those reasons. Yeah. So no, I think what you're saying is very fair. Yeah. And and I'd be doing exactly the same and I'm sure a lot of other people would be as well. But it's not um it's not healthy for your mental health. Oh, of course. You know, I I'm you know, um like obviously I go to the supermarket to buy my groceries and that and I, I'm absolutely I'm 
I'll, I'll just stay away from everyone. I'll, I'll sanitise all my shopping when I get home. and Yeah, it's like OCD, like, to the extreme. Right, was you OCD before? Um, slightly, yeah, but this is it's worse now. I think, like, I, I will mention, that like, you know, the hospital staff were fantastic. You know, they're overworked, 100%, especially on that COVID ward, you know, and and what they must go through as well. You know, there were people dying in that in that ward. Mm. There was a woman that died next to me. I only witnessed it once, but, you know, they must witness it every, like, all the time. You know, it must be a tough job. Oh, yeah. And, you know, big, massive respect to the NHS staff. The variants are, and this new Omicron, it's meant to be weaker people. There are a lot of people that not really taking it serious. And I think you should, I think, like, you know, just be careful, get vaccinated, and don't underestimate this virus. Okay, well, Lee, thanks. Um, genuinely, it is a thanks as well for, for taking the time to do the podcast. We, we know this is a slightly different podcast to what, what we've done before, and it's also pushed us a little bit because, you know, we're, this is a challenge for us to have this conversation. It's not an easy conversation, and it can't be for you no, to have this, this no. conversation. So we just want to say a massive thank you to you, um, and I'm sure this message will, will get out to staff in the organisation and, and to elsewhere, um, just really highlighting the the severity of the virus and the and the need to get the vaccine. And hopefully, now that you've told us your favourite dessert, when people see in the corridor, we'll know who's listening to the podcast because hopefully they'll treat you to Some chocolate or... I mean, so you've probably got a stone <laughs> or so that you can still gain. Uh, but thanks. Cheers, Lee. You're welcome. Been brilliant. Pleasure. If you'd like to be on the podcast, send us an email. We are digitallearning at bdc.ac.uk. And we'll be back in two weeks with another podcast episode.